0: Ephesians chapter 4. For weeks now I've been discussing the church's need to be intentional. And I'm going to conclude today, at least conclude for now, on that we need to equip on purpose... Paul opens this chapter, this section of his letter, by reminding the Ephesian Christians of their responsibilities as as believers in a hostile world. I think we can relate to that to some extent. He points to one of their primary, not only defenses against the hostile world, but one of the primary weapons that the body of Christ has in such a hostile environment, and that is unity. He starts in verse 2 where he says we're to bear with one another. Then in verse 3, he says of chapter 4 that we're to keep the unity of the faith. Then he reminds them in verses 4 through 6 that we are one body, one spirit, one hope. We have one Lord. We have one faith. One baptism, one God and Father. I think this point is clear. God's people need to be one, especially in a hostile world. But how is this unity achieved? How do we reach that place? How, even within a single local congregation, how is that unity accomplished? Well, in our text today, Paul tells us that it is accomplished Through everyone, everyone, being equipped to serve with a gift that God has given you. And how many know everyone means everyone? Everyone doesn't mean most or some or the majority. Everyone means everyone. Each one of us has been given something with which to serve the master and to serve one another in the spirit of unity. Ephesians chapter 4, I will begin reading in verse number 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended to the lower parts of the earth, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. So we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. As I said, we've been talking about being God's church on purpose. Not just looking to let things happen to us, but being intentional. Because for the most part, myself included, and let's just be transparent and honest about it most people tend to stay in their comfort zone I play the guitar I like to play the guitar I've played it since I was 17 years old so that what six seven years now I played it for a long time so I'm comfortable sitting down And playing the guitar. Put me in front of a piano. All comfort evaporates. Completely. It is not my comfort zone. Now that would require training. And teaching. And practice. And practice. And even more practice. But we as God's people. When it comes to the spiritual things. That God wants to do in your life. And in mine. Need to be willing to at least step out. Of what is comfortable. And into what God wants to do. In us, we started in this journey about being intentional and stating that we need to exist on purpose. Then we went to we want to evangelize on purpose, and we made it clear our goal as a church is the lost. Our goal as a church is not how many people we can get into the building, our goal as a church is not to see what types of people we can get into this building. Our goal is to win people to Jesus and then to help them grow in Christ because there's always room for one more. I'll never forget when growing up when we would spend Thanksgivings at my grandparents' home in the Bronx. And when I say home, we're talking about a really, really small apartment that somehow she was able to get about 50 people to fit into there. And yet, it, every Thanksgiving, as big as our family was, and we would gather together, there would always be people from the church who had nowhere to go on Thanksgiving who would come by. Because from her words, there's always room for one more. We need to have that mindset in going forward in reaching the lost. As Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slack." Uh, slackness but is long suffering toward us not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance this remains our primary focus but in addition to reaching the lost i don't just want to make them converts i want to make them disciples so that's not just about reaching them, it's about then providing a place and the means by which they can grow and be edified. Helping people reach their full and complete potential, Helping them grow in the gifts that God has placed in their lives. Helping them step outside of fear or outside of what is comfortable and seeing what God has for you to do. I've shared my testimony of how God had to get a hold of me And step me and take me out of my comfort zone, because the idea, as I was growing up, of speaking in front of people was terrifying. It still a little bit is, but obviously I've gotten over it. But when it's what God wants you to do, when it's where God is leading, and then where it's when God is equipping, we need to go. In addition to. My not having a great love for speaking in front of people. I really had no great love for getting on an airplane and traveling. So, but I'm grateful for the seven countries I have visited for his name. You see, God wants not just to bring us into new life, he wants to grow that life. I've noticed something. If you ever want to get a group of people to all kind of become soft and warm just bring a baby into the room because babies are cute even when they're not they're still cute and I've heard it said so many times that they grow up too fast or that I wish they could stay small longer but how many know that that's a problem if a baby remains a baby for too long. I've heard the phrase, they grow up too fast. And I understand the sentiment. But we do realize that we grow at God's ordained rate. See, if a child never learned to walk, everyone would recognize that as a problem. If a child never learned to feed themselves everyone would recognize that as a problem. If a child never outgrew the need for constant care, everyone would recognize that as a problem. We want to be a church that not just accepts newborns into the family of God, but then prepares them to stand up on what God has given them so that they can move forward in him purposefully. Growing to maturity takes time. It doesn't happen instantly. 15 year olds are not born the day a baby is born. Ladies say amen. It takes time. We want everyone that walks through these doors to not only find Jesus, but I want them to find their place in his work. To find what he wants for them to do. What he has gifted them to do because we are all called to serve the master so my first point is we are all expected to serve the master every person in God's family is expected to serve verse 7 says every one of us has been given something to serve the master and why would God give us something if we weren't didn't have the expectation to do something with it We all are given gifts by God. No exceptions. Yes, that means you too. You were given a vital part of the work that God wants to do in this church, in his ministry, in the work of the Lord. Each one of us. No one has been left out. There are no spectators in the game that is called ministry. By his grace, we have been saved. And by his grace, each one of us has been given something in the form of a gift. Now we all have different gifts. But all receive something. That means since we all have different gifts. We need each other. Because nobody has all of them. We can't do it alone. Paul says the same things when he's writing to the Christians. Who were in the churches in Rome. In Romans chapter 12 starting in verse number 4. For as many as members of one. For as we have many members of one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts and exhortation, he who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Everyone has been given something with which to serve the master. The key point, God does not give us something and then doesn't expect us to use it. Most of us know the story in the Gospels of the the, uh, talents. The parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. The story is that A landowner came and chose three of his servants and gave one servant ten talents and one servant five talents and one servant one talent. And the one who had ten talents went out and invested it and worked with it and doubled what the master had given him. And when the master came back, he was pleased and he said, enter into the joy of your Lord. The one with five talents also doubled it and got the same reaction from the landowner. The one with one talent hid the one talent because he wasn't sure he'd be able to double it and he knew if he wasted it or lost it that the master he served was diligent and he didn't want to disappoint him so he hid it in the ground and when the master came back, he presented that master with the same one talent that he gave him. He did nothing with it. And the story says that one talent was taken away. This is not about increase. This is not about how much someone does with what they have. It's about effort and giving. The one who did nothing—this isn't—he wasn't just called ineffective. That passage in Matthew twenty-five calls him wicked and lazy. Yes, we all have a lot of growing to do. We all need to find focus and purpose in our lives. But there comes a time when the bib has to come off and we need to just go about doing what God has called us to do. Let's be clear. When you move forward, you'll make mistakes. If you're waiting to get to a point in life where you'll only go forward for God if you don't make any mistakes, you'll never go forward for God. Because we make mistakes every day of our lives. Well, I don't want to do anything that would displease the Lord. By, that's just not going to be possible because none of us is perfect. We do our best. We want to please him in every way we can. But we all make mistakes. That's how most of us learn. Growing in Christ doesn't mean just taking in knowledge, but it's also about giving from within to others. We're all expected To serve. In addition to all being expected to serve, we're all equipped to serve. Our responsibility as a church is to equip other people. The work of the ministry is not my job alone. It involves everybody. That is not why you have me here, to do the work of the ministry. According to the Bible, my primary function is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. This isn't about how much just money you give or alleviating an obligation. This is about getting involved in the work of the Lord. Now, he gave some of us to be leaders so that we don't do the work alone and then to equip others. Leaders are supposed to prepare God's people for works of service. That's why we do it together. When it comes to some of the things we want to do this fall, we're going to do them together. When it comes to our times of prayer on Wednesday night, it's not me leading. We're coming to pray together. It really isn't a full Christian experience if all we do is come and just kind of take it in. We need to be prepared to serve. Christians were made for, for service not for storage service for the lord begins with willingness now i need to make this point clear this is not about ability this is not about talent this is not about having certain gifts or certain skills god doesn't call someone because They sing nice or call someone because they speak well or call someone because they're gifted in this area or that area. God calls people because he's God, and that's the end of the conversation. Are we willing? That's where this starts. No one can do everything, but we're all supposed to do something for his glory. So since we expect people to serve, we equip them to serve. And even encourage them to serve. And what happens when we equip people to serve and encourage them? Maturity happens. We grow. We're no longer children, that passage said, but mature, able to be used by the Lord in any situation. We grow in faith, we grow in mercy, and we grow in love. We grow in faith because we encourage one another and we realize that no matter what we go through, God can. God can, church. But pastor, you know what I'm going through. But I know God can. But you know how how far behind I have fallen on things. But God can. But you know how sick I am. But God can. We grow in faith. We also grow in mercy. Now, we like talking about growing in faith. Growing in mercy is a different thing. Because mercy is being, is extending someone Something to someone they don't deserve, but you're going to extend it to them anyway. Being merciful. I'm going to talk a lot about that more next week. But mercy is a Christian character. It's a character trait. We need to grow in mercy. But they don't deserve my love. They don't deserve my kindness. So then this is a wonderful opportunity for you to extend mercy. But they've been mean to me then this is a really great opportunity for you to extend mercy. But they're a creep. So this is an awesome opportunity for you and I to extend mercy. We grow in faith. We grow in mercy. He says we grow in love. I got to love people too? Okay, I'll do the mercy. But I don't want to love people. Some of those people are just awful aren't you glad god didn't look at that way at us when we encourage and equip maturity happens when we encourage and equip ministry takes place because we're all doing our share we encourage and help one another and then no one becomes overburdened when we encourage and equip Not only does maturity happen and ministry takes place, but the message of Christ is proclaimed. In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, Jesus made it clear, By this men will know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. In other places throughout Paul's letters, he makes it clear to us that one of the primary ways the world will see Christ, will see God and want God is the way his people are with one another how we love one another, how we work with one another, how we encourage one another. The church needs to and was always designed to be a witness to the world. That's where they get to understand true unity. That's where they get to say, you know, I don't understand what they got going on over there, but I want some of that. I want to be a part of it. And all that works to make a healthy and growing church. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19 and 20. We know the verses very well. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even the end of the age that's going to require getting out of our comfort zone that's even going to require us being willing to tolerate with things that might not be the most comfortable things even within our midst i had shared this with a group of people maybe a couple of months ago i'm looking forward to the day when our church can have a baptismal service that's going to be a wonderful day and someone asked me well where are we going to have it Right here. You see, my friends over at the Lighthouse Tabernacle, they purchased many years ago a portable baptismal tank. It sits right about here. It's about four feet in diameter, maybe a little smaller, maybe three feet. It's about three feet high. It's like a little pool. It's going to make a mess. You know what? I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. That we're f- going forward doing what God wants us to do. Now, it's going to be a mess, and someone's going to, have to clean it up. We're all going to do it, but imagine the joy on the people's faces as they come out of that tank, knowing they've deepened their commitment to Christ. That's what we're all about. We want to introduce people to Jesus. We want to see them develop a meaningful relationship with the Lord, to grow, to come closer to him. We want to equip them and then send them out there's a sign on the door as you leave the church at one of the churches in the area. I'll never forget the first time I saw it. It just hit me. And many churches have this sign on the top of the door so you see it as you leave. And it simply says, you are now entering the mission field. Do we really get that sense that here is where we learn here is where we encourage. Here is where we support one another. Here is where we feed into each other's lives and serve and help one another. Because then we go into the mission field where not everybody's friendly. And know they're always friendly to all of you because you're all so wonderful. But sometimes you might encounter some unfriendly people. Sometimes you might encounter some people hostile to the name of Jesus. Sometimes you might even encounter people who think you're completely off the wall for serving God. So isn't it good to have a place where that's not true? That we can come together and support one another because our mission is not here. Our mission is to go out into the mission field. Every one of you has been given a gift. Every one. And I want to discover all of our gifts together to serve him, to build and protect the unity of his body. When we realize just how much we need one another, we need each one of us. Then we understand what God was trying to accomplish by not giving any one person all the gifts. I'll never forget And it was Pastor Chris who said it. It was years ago. I had come to preach for him one Sunday. Many of you may have been here. But he made a comment as he introduced me, because before I came up to preach, I sang a song. And I sang it by playing my guitar. And Pastor Chris, in his wonderful sense of humor, which all of you know, uh, said as he introduced me, he's a good preacher You heard him sing and play the guitar, very gifted, and looked at me and said, it's just not fair. (laughs) He was joking. (laughs) I know Chris's heart. But we can't think that way. Because whatever gifts God has given you, it's to serve not only him, but his people. And that's for all of us, every single one of us. When we gather for fellowship after the service, we're taking our gifts and serving one another. And that's the unity of the body of Christ. Coming together on purpose. Letting each other serve on purpose. Allowing God to flow through each one on purpose, seeing his name lifted up as we glorify him together, on purpose. Stand with me, please.